Seltzer Kings podcasts. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. God, no, Gavin, I don't want to come to your apartment for a friend's giving. I'll be with cool people having fun. Yes. The following podcast contains... But swearing and using dirty words is not one of my vices. I don't use foul language, and I don't like to hear anyone else use it either. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you planned your radio station's promotion and didn't even think to check the aerodynamic properties of domesticated turkeys, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 339, As God is My Witness, I Thought Turkeys Could Fly, edition of the show, where we plan a big Thanksgiving dinner for our friends and co-workers, only to have everything go comically wrong. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Jive Turkey, the best damn fake turkey in the world. Are you planning a big Thanksgiving feast for your family or friends, but you got that one damn person that doesn't eat meat? Feed them jive turkey instead. Jive turkey doesn't taste like real turkey because real turkey doesn't actually taste like anything, but jive turkey tastes even less so. Jive turkey is 100% organic, contains no meat or meat byproducts, no artificial preservatives or flavorings, and is actually just a lump of cardboard in the shape of a turkey. How are they going to know they don't eat turkey? Got a problem eater this turkey day? Just feed them some jive turkey and watch them pretend like they like it. Come on, you guys. Come on. Hey, you don't, we don't have to bite each other's heads off here. Maybe the only thing we get to eat this day, Sammy. <laughs> hey, you guys, this is Thanksgiving, and I still say this is going to be the greatest. Oh, who the hell do we think we're kidding? We're all a bunch of pathetic dropouts. <laughs> Scorned by our loved ones as if anybody ever loved us at all. Hey, will you lighten up, man? The only thing wrong here is we're hungry now. Who else wants to join me in these ice-cold potatoes? I moved to New York City in 2005, thinking I was going to come up here and become a famous writer. How did that work out for you? Well, I'm doing this podcast, so I guess you can judge for yourself. Now, after a couple of really bad jobs, I landed a job that I really liked, working as a veterinary technician at a downtown animal hospital in a very tony neighborhood and it wasn't far from the hospital that the annual village halloween parade would assemble for the march every halloween and someone at the assembly that year had as part of their costume two living domestic turkeys was this a sex thing i cannot rule that out the parade organizers took one look at the turkeys and forbade them from being part of the parade for many reasons, but mostly because they knew someone was going to raise hell about the turkeys that, you know, if they hadn't been part of the Halloween costume, would already be dead in a freezer for Thanksgiving. Long story short, my boss, who owned the animal hospital, wound up taking care of the turkeys until they could be sent to a rescue farm upstate a couple of days later. That meant we had two large, live domestic turkeys suddenly appeared at a dog kennel on the morning of November 1st. And so it was that my hospital manager, Peter, 
A delightful man of Polish descent and not deeply enmeshed in American classic television arrived for work and asked the logical question. What is with these turkeys? That is when some real asshole told him that they were rescued after a local radio station tried to drop them from a helicopter. That was you, wasn't it? Maybe... Long story short, the rest of the morning consisted of that same asshole running around to all the other people in the hospital informing them that they should just go with a joke until the owner of the hospital came in, who was the one person that I could not get to before he spoke with Peter. When Peter asked him about the turkeys, the helicopter, the radio station, my boss sat there silently for about a second and a half before shaking his head and saying to Peter, the poor station manager just kept repeating over and over again that he really thought turkeys could fly. And the whole hospital broke into laughter while poor Peter just sat there trying to figure out why we were laughing and whether it was with him or at him. Which we were not, of course, and when we explained to him why we were laughing, well, he still didn't get it. This is because, again, he was born and grew up for most of his life in Poland, and the special Thanksgiving episode of television was not a thing in Poland because, you know, Thanksgiving isn't a thing in Poland. No turkey, no turkey sandwiches, no turkey salad, no turkey gravy, turkey hash, turkey a la king, or gallons of turkey soup. No, they have turkeys in Poland, they just don't eat them traditionally in the last Thursday in November. God. As Americans, we all know the story of the first Thanksgiving, which is, of course, a story of uninvited guests showing up at your house, eating all the food, drinking all your good booze, and then engaging in a genocidal expansion across your living room before claiming it is now theirs, and you have to go live in the basement. Yeah, funny how that happened. For almost as long as we've been celebrating Thanksgiving, we've had these little pageants and plays celebrating the lie of what we did so we could pretend that genocide was never a part of it. I'm sure many of you remember being either an Indian or a pilgrim. I remember one year I was to be Squanto, but I was kicked out of the pageant because I giggled every time someone said the name Squanto. I mean, I know he's an Indian, but what kind of a name is Squanto? And almost as soon as we had mass media, we had our very first special Thanksgiving episode, which is actually the topic of this week's show. Oh, is that what it is? Going back to the days of radio, the tradition of talking turkey has been part and parcel of the season. Well, well, so you cooked the Thanksgiving dinner all by yourself, eh, Jack? Yes, Phil, with my very own hands. Why didn't you come? Did you have a previous engagement? No, just a hunch. Oh, oh, oh well, you missed something. It was a grand meal. We had all the trimmings and everything you wanted to drink. Everything. Gee, everybody else had wine with each course, and you made me drink milk. Well, Kenny, you're too young. Besides, milk is good for you. Milk goes with anything. Doesn't go with my brown suit. <laughs> but it was the advent of television that really opened the door for seasonal episodes. Now, seasonal episodes are super popular. I mean, I'm doing one right now, and there are reasons why they're so incredibly popular. Like laziness or, uh... Yeah, no, it's mostly just laziness. There are 11 federal holidays in America and 52 weeks in the year, meaning a writing team can effectively fill 20% of their schedules with holiday episodes. And most important at all, once you've got a couple in the can, you can rerun them ad infinitum. If we're all fortunate enough to be here in two years, this episode will be back. I'm sure no one will ever notice. The Thanksgiving episode is very popular as a trope because it plays so well to television's strong points. Family conflict, parental incompetence, and of course young people struggling to do adult things. That's a brilliant idea. This kind of stuff is television gold and it basically writes itself. This is why if you've seen one Thanksgiving episode on one show, 
You've basically seen them all on every show. The only thing you need to do is swap the elements around and boom, you have the last week of November covered. Using a typical television network sitcom, I will explain how to apply the fundamental tropes of the Thanksgiving episode. In this case, I will be using the Bewitched episode, Samantha's Thanksgiving to Remember. We open the show with the show's protagonist preparing the traditional Thanksgiving turkey when suddenly there's an uninvited guest arriving. Very common Turkey Day TV trope. The uninvited guest irritates the stuffy husband type, personified in this case by Darren Stevens. I mean, there was two Darren Stevens, right? Dick York, Dick Sargent. As the family struggles to deal with a minor domestic strife, it is compounded by the arrival of a yet another uninvited guest in the situation, Gladys Kravitz, the annoying neighbor stereotype. Now, the show will employ a plot complication based on whatever the show about is about. In this case, they're witches, so it's a magic spell that goes awry. The plot complication should reinforce the seasonal theme of the episode. In this case, they're all transported back to Plymouth for the first Thanksgiving. Hilarity ensues, and then using love, family, and humor, the situation is rectified, and the family all enjoy the traditional holiday feast and reaffirm their love for one another. And scene. These same building blocks can be arranged in any number of ways along with the other tropes to construct an episode with little effort on the part of the writing team. Don't believe me? Let's take a dramatically different style of show, use the same tropes to construct the same basic situation with the same outcome. Be it Grandpa Evans bringing in his live-in girlfriend at Thanksgiving on Good Times, or Alf eating the turkey raw and inviting the local homeless person to dinner, each time a lesson is learned and the family comes together in the true meaning of Thanksgiving. I hope you learn something today. So Turkey Day television is formulaic, boring, and not a little treacly. Is that even a word? But sometimes, just sometimes, you can ignore all the rules of television Thanksgiving episodes and create a goddamn masterpiece. All it takes is the willingness to not want your audience to learn any important lessons on family, togetherness, or the meaning of gratitude. Sometimes you just have to toss out the rule book and talk turkey. No, Dave. Uh... Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that was a terrible pun. Now, I am, of course, speaking of the greatest Thanksgiving episode in television history, WKRP's Turkeys Away. Thanks for that update, Les. <laughs> Keep up the good work. No problem. For those of you under the age of 30 or born in another country, WKRP was a 1970s television show set in a fictional radio station in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was created by Hugh Wilson, who based it on the experiences he had while working at sales at an Atlanta, Georgia's WQXI radio station. The show ran for four seasons, garnered 10 Emmy nominations, three of them for Best Comedy Series, and was totally fucked over by CBS, who moved it around all the goddamn time so it could never build a proper audience. It was canceled in 1982, but it lived on in syndication. It also created the aforementioned episode that is widely considered by most critics the funniest Thanksgiving show of all times. And yes, I set this whole premise up just so I could talk about this show. The episode begins with hapless station owner Arthur Carlson discovering how little he actually contributes to the running of the station. He drifts from employee to employee, all of whom are consumed with doing their actual jobs, and discovers that he has literally nothing to do or to contribute to the station. Just knowing that you're in here, boss, uh, boss, knowing that you're at the helm gives us a lot of confidence. His attempts to be more involved in the station naturally causes the entire staff to complain to Andy, the program director, that he's making their jobs impossible. 
And that's when Arthur Carlson comes up with this secret promotion that will require Herb the sales manager and Les the newsman's absolute trust, cooperation, and total secrecy, and also 20 live turkeys. Get those turkeys? Yeah, but it wasn't easy. When that farmer asked me what I wanted, but 20 live turkeys, I had to do some pretty fast talking, let me tell you. What did you tell him? I told him it was a secret. <laughs> That's pretty fast, Herb. As the big guy sets up the live remote for the promotion, he does not reveal the plan, and his history of big plans is not good. What happens next is television history. As the live remote is broadcast, a helicopter appears in the sky and begins to drop live turkeys from 2,000 feet in the air, only to have them plummet horribly to the ground because domestic turkeys are notorious for their lack of aerodynamic properties. What a sight. The helicopter seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plummeting to the earth from only 2,000 feet in the air. The results of this are, well, you, you heard it. And then the show ends on one of the funniest lines and performances in television history. It's pretty strange after that. Come on now, tell us the rest. I really don't know how to describe it. It's like the turkeys mounted a counterattack. It was almost as if they were organized <laughs> as God is my witness I thought turkeys could fly <laughs> it was beautiful it was brilliant it was hilarious and it was based on a true story. In 2012, show creator Hugh Wilson, episode director Michael Zinberg, and Herb Tarlick inspiration Clark Brown, who was a radio executive at WQXI in Atlanta, sat down with classic TV history for an oral history of this episode. The backstory of how the show itself came to be is that Hugh Wilson got a job in Atlanta with the advertising firm Burton & Campbell. And one of the ad, that was an ad firm that its major client was the radio station WQXI. So Wilson gets to know the staff of the radio station really well, including becoming drinking buddies with them. And when you're drinking buddies with people in radio, the uh, they all tell pretty good stories. Time passes. Hugh Wilson gets a divorce, quits his job at the ad agency, moves to Hollywood, and gets a job writing for Mary Tyler Moore. Just like that. Just like that. 
Yeah, I don't know how that didn't happen for me. After a few years of writing for various other shows, one day he's asked if maybe he has any idea, and he pitched WKRP. Before you knew it, he was producing it. Most of the colorful characters on WKRP are based on people who worked at WQXI. The iconic Dr. Johnny Fever was based on real FM DJ Skinny Bobby Harper. Skinny Bobby Harper. Wilson said in the oral history, quote, he was the morning guy, so Skinny had to get up at four in the morning to get in there. But he also loved being in the bars at night. He was like fever in the pilot. I said to Howard Hessman, you got to play it like you're sleepwalking because you be, should be asleep by eight. But eight is when you're just going out, unquote, which is why Dr. Johnny Fever always looked like death warmed over. At some point in time, Wilson heard from WQXI manager Jerry Bloom about the incident that became the germ of this particular episode of television. Quote, Jerry Bloom, the station manager, told me about a promotion, I believe it was in Texas, and I want to say Dallas, but I'm not sure, in which he threw turkeys out of a helicopter and they didn't fly. They crashed to the ground and it was just a horrible disaster. He wound up losing his job over it. And I said to him at the time, Jerry, I think you just won me an Emmy. Clark Brown said the turkey drop was actually a real incident. It was a shopping center in Atlanta. I think it was Broadview Plaza, which no longer exists. It was a Thanksgiving promotion. We thought that we could throw these live turkeys out into the crowd for their Thanksgiving dinners. All of us, naive and uneducated, thought that turkeys could fly. Of course, they went fucking splat. People were laughing at us, not with us. But it became a legend. There were other stories of this nature that were embellished upon on KRP, but that one was really not embellished that much, although turkeys were not thrown off the, were thrown off the back of a truck as opposed to how it was depicted on the show. Hugh Wilson said, I didn't dream up the helicopter. My memories, Jerry said, a helicopter, Clark Brown. It just ended with the joke on us. And of course, our guys played it up. It turned out to be a great little unintended publicity gimmick, the fact that it failed the way it did probably got more mileage out of it being screwed up than if it hadn't been. Hugh Wilson, since that time, a couple of people have claimed that story, but Jerry said it was him. He's the one that said it to me. You know, Hugh, turkeys can't fly. Clark Brown picks it back up. It's very possible that another radio station at some point in time had done something similar, but I know for a fact that we had no conscious awareness that had been done anywhere else successfully or not. We weren't deliberately trying to clone somebody's promotion. Not that we wouldn't do that, because clearly we would have, but not that particular day. Hugh Wilson, it didn't matter to me whether it was true or who did it. I knew I could use it on the show. And we decided we would make it our Thanksgiving show for our first season, which was, I think, the sixth one we did, unquote. But the truth of the matter comes to us through the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And we've been spending a lot of time in hot Atlanta lately. In 2018, quote, According to Bloom's son, Gary, this disaster was inspired by a much less horrific turkey giveaway. Bloom supposedly conjured up in the late 1950s in Dallas for KBOX when he dropped turkeys off a flatbed pickup truck at a shopping center in a parking lot. Gary told me years later that his dad had never did anything like that again. The public went nuts fighting over turkeys and it was a mess, Bloom said. That was about the whole story. Hugh Wilson, the writer of the series, was a friend of the station when he was in the ad business in Atlanta and he used to use that story along with other funny stories and embellished them to to come up with many storylines on WKRP. To my knowledge, Blum told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution in 1996 that he actually uttered the words, I didn't know turkeys couldn't fly, similar to Arthur Carlson's words on the show, unquote. 
And you know, it wasn't just Hugh Wilson that brought real life experiences to this episode. Tim Reed, Venus Flytrap, a character that young White Dave totally failed to appreciate for the perfection of the character, brought this awkward line to it. Carlson, right? What's got into him, man? He used to be scared to death of me, and I thought that was a good relationship. <laughs> but now he's always come up trying to jive me, you know? He wants to know if I need anything. Well, like what? A, a watermelon. <laughs> Quoted again from classic TV history. Quote from Tim Reed. That actually came from a true story. This was back in 1968, about four years removed from the start of the civil rights movement. I'd just come out of college and I was claimed as the first black hired to be a marketing representative for this company. I'm not going to call the company's name, but it was a major corporation and I was the first black hired in management. Anybody with a college degree in a white company was looked upon as just landed from Planet University. No one really knew quite how to deal with us. We were all in training together and there was a lot of joking, a lot of racial joking, and everybody got their turn in the barrel. The person who gave me the watermelon was from the Deep South and I was from the South and we had been really giving each other a pretty good row at the time. I had given him as much as I got. It was a touche kind of thing because I'd really done something similar to him earlier. Let's just say I, I showed up in a sheet. But that one topped it. Then the shit hit the fan because everybody realized, oh my, oh my God, this really isn't funny. This has gone too far. So when the pressure all came to me is how I'm going to respond to this, I never thought it was quite fair, unquote. WKRP's Turkeys Away was perhaps one of the best episodes of this show and this show was cruelly fucked over by the network because it was brilliant and had great writing and a stellar cast and yeah it had a huge influence on my life i wouldn't be doing this dumb show right now if it wasn't for wkrp so i guess you know if you're looking for someone to blame there you go. But there were other memorable Turkey Day episodes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer played with the tropes in Pangs. I just want to have Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Well, if we could talk to him. You exterminated his race. What could you possibly say that would make him feel better? It's kill or be killed here. Take your bloody pick. Maybe it's the syphilis talking, but some of that made sense. The West Wing's Indians in the lobby took the uninviting guest to the culmination of its entire idea. Cheers' Thanksgiving orphans gave us the sad orphans finding family and friends twist, culminating in one of the best TV food fights of all time. The Bob Newhart show Over the River and Through the Woods did great things with a dinner gone wrong trope, but all of them used the same tired ideas handed down through the decades of schlocky television. WKRP tossed all that out the window and went in a completely different direction, making turkeys away iconic in television history. And it wasn't just the stories. It was how the stories didn't try to teach us anything other than, you know, not to throw domestic turkeys out of a helicopter. It didn't try to make us feel or remind us of what we were thankful for. You want to know what I'm thankful for? Richard Sanders' Les Nessman, whose flawless performance steals every scene he is in in this episode. Well, along with Richard Sanders, there's, there's one other thing that I'm thankful for. That's Joe Don Baker. I'm sorry, who? Joe Don Baker. Every goddamn Thanksgiving. 
Why would anyone want to do this with Mitchell Joel? You see, the good part of Thanksgiving is when you too toss out the old tropes and just create your own thing. Stop feeling compelled to pack up and travel hours and hours to hang out with people that honestly you don't even like. You might be forced to love them, but ask yourself, if it weren't for this dumb fucking holiday, would I want to be here? If the answer is no, then do something different. There's no law that mandates you get on a crowded fucking plane filled with other randos, at least one of whom is going to end up duct taped to their seat because they had too many little bottles of vodka and started ranting about their freedom only to finally get to where you're going and have find out that you have to duct tape some distant relative to a chair in the basement because he had one big bottle of vodka and started ranting about his freedom. Go to a friend's house. Cook your own goddamn turkey. There's no law mandating Thanksgiving has to be a huge fucking meal. Roast a chicken, make some stuffing, watch Netflix in your underwear. Trust me, it's going to be better than being stuck in traffic on I-95 for 12 hours. You could even do what I'm doing. I'm going to a friend's house who puts on this amazing fucking feast every goddamn year. Drinking this monster eggnog my brother makes with lighter fluid? Then, as we digest, we all sit around and watch the Thanksgiving classic starring Joe Don Baker. Mittens? An action film called Mittens? Joe Don Baker is Mittens. He's a And drink that fucking lighter fluid-laced eggnog until we all get tired and go home. And trust me, it's fucking amazing. If I can't be at the mall with Les Nesman watching turkeys drop from a helicopter and splat like bags of wet cement on the concrete... That's the only other place I'd rather be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. That is it for our show this week. I will admit to you, pod friends, this was not the show that I exactly planned, but you know what? I got to spend time with Andy, Johnny, Venus, and Bailey, and that is something I'm thankful for. Speaking of being thankful, rate and review this show so others can find us, listen, and be thankful that they really never have to listen to us again. All of my Buckeye Newshawk awards can be seen on the social, the hell underscore podcast on Twitter, the show name on Facebook, and what the hell were you thinking about on Instagram. All of my silver sows that we call our shows are up at whatthehellpodcast.com, and you can support us by kicking a buck on patreon.com slash whatthehellpodcast, and in return, you will see we receive a WKRP bumper sticker or just my thanks probably just going to be my thanks we're a proud member of the seltzer kings podcast network where we think of jeremy as the big guy to my herb tarlick so for me dave cracking some heads jumping in and out of beds and hanging around the criminal scene bledsoe producer when they take a look at their record book they'll find a lot of class the whole shebang arresting painted ladies for a little grass gavin and all the fictional lousy butlers on the show you want to say my 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 mitchell do you think you're some kind of star like the guys on the movie screen? I bet you think you do. We'll see you all next week. Do you think you are some kind of a star like the guys on the movie screen?
Churchill, what would your captain do if he knew you was hanging around, eating lunch with crooks and shooting up the town? Know you've been out there rounding up the syndicate, succeeding with the others at bay. Oh, my, 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 Mitchell, you shoot them just to get them in jail. Take a look at the record book They will find you got a lot of class Catching a gang with the whole shebang Arresting painted ladies for a little grass Oh my, 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 Mr. Criminal You better hide underground Cause Mitchell's gonna be coming your way what the Hell Were You Thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast, or on Facebook as What The Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Put them on your feet, give your dogs a treat. What a wonderful shoe. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.